That's what I love. John 21 and 15, one verse of scripture this morning, and I'll let you be seated. The Lord is sitting down with his disciples, and he has a conversation that he is going to have with the apostle Peter. He said, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, I like how he, he just calls his name, gives his family histories, almost like he's saying, Simon, I know who you are. I know you. But he said, lovest thou me more than these? And Peter answered him, yea, Lord, you know that I love thee. And the Lord said unto him, feed my lamb. I want to preach for a few moments today on this thought, more than these, more than these. Let's pray together for the lesson this morning. Lord, we just praise you for your presence that we feel today. We're very thankful for the word of God. Thankful, Lord, that it's full of promises for your people and for those that haven't even made it to be your people yet. But God, your word's for all of us. Let us hear what the Spirit would say to the church today and we give you praise for it in Jesus name everyone said amen give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning before you're seated God's good God's good you can be seated God bless you in Jesus name again great to see everyone in the house of the Lord just love it love to see everybody here appreciate you being here well there's no doubt that God has given us more than we can reckon. The Lord loads us daily with benefits, the scripture says. One place says he shall provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. You know, we just, if we were to sit down and try to reconcile and list, it would be nearly impossible. I would say even impossible to just list everything that God has given to us, that he has blessed us with. It would just be impossible to keep up with because there's so many things that we don't even realize. We attribute a lot of things to luck and good fortune, but friend, I just believe the Lord orders his step, the steps of his people. And so we are blessed with great, wonderful things. In the church, we are blessed with callings and giftings and ministries and anointings, and we love uh, those things that God has uh, called us into in the the offices maybe that God has placed us in to work for the kingdom and, and those things are great and they're, they're profitable and they will accomplish everything that God wants them to accomplish if we are faithful to them. God, friend, is good to us. But knowing all these things, I felt led today. Last Monday night in prayer, the Lord began to deal with me about this message and I feel led to ask the same question to us today as he asked the key, the key holder, the Apostle Peter, do we love Jesus more than these? Do we love the Lord more than our calling? Do we love him more than our gifting? Do we love him more than our anointing? Do we love him more than anything? Do we love him more than the blessings? Do we love the giver more than we love the gifts? 
And that's what he is uh, asking Peter. Do you love me more than these? And, uh, to get a little context on the significance of this conversation, if you will go back to Luke chapter 5, you will see where Peter first makes the decision to follow Jesus. And in uh, that chapter, the Lord is teaching. He is standing in Peter's boat, and they are just a little ways off the shore, and he is preaching a message. And when he's done preaching, he says, let's launch out a little farther and catch some fish. Peter said, well, you know, Master, we have toiled all night, and we've taken nothing, but nevertheless, at your word, you know, we'll let down the nets. So they throw the nets out, and immediately there is such a great uh, catch of fish that the nets begin to break. They're trying to haul them in. They can't even get them in. And, and immediately Peter falls down and says, you know, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And, and the Lord tells him, don't worry about it, Peter. He said, from now on, you will be a fisher of men. You're going to catch men. And it says when they got to shore, it says immediately they left their boats and they left their nets. Now, the nets, while they were physical and they were real nets, and in the natural, you know, you can't walk around dragging a net behind you. It'll catch on everything. But the nets were symbolic for Peter because it, it uh, represented his heritage. He was in a family of fishermen, and, and so it's his heritage, it's his family. It represented tradition in his house. It was a source of income and security for his family. It was food for them to eat and uh Peter was willing at that point to leave it all. He made a decision that day that I will follow this man and I am ready to leave it all. Echoing the words of Jesus who, when he said in another place in Luke that if any man will not forsake all that he has and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. So Peter at that point, early on, he was so just... Uh, amazed and, and by what the Lord had done. He said, I will follow you and I'll just leave it all behind. He made his mind up basically making the statement with his life, I love you more than I love these. I love you more than the miraculous. I love you more than this great haul of fish. I love you more than this boat and this job I have. I love you more than family. I love you more than these. And so when we fast forward to the events and the encounter in John chapter 21, this is now the third time that Jesus has appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And uh, this story starts the same way. It starts the same way that Peter's first encounter with Jesus started. A night of fruitless fishing. The Lord sees them in the boat and he says, children, do you have any meat? And they said, fished all night and caught nothing. He said, let your net down over uh, on the right side of the boat. And they dropped the net in and immediately here comes this great catch of fish. John whispers to Peter, it's the Lord. And immediately Peter girds his coat and hops in the water. He's, he's running to shore. And uh, the boats are coming in behind them. They're trying to drag this net full of fish. There were 153 fish in the net. And when they get to the shore, they find the Lord. And he's already got fish and bread on the fire waiting for them. And so now, not only have they brought some of their fish up to eat with, 
but uh, he already had something prepared. Their hearts desire, the old song said, they found it there on the fire. And uh, so they, they're fellowshipping, they're sitting with the Lord, they know it's him, and they're eating good food, and they're just excited about, here's the Lord again, the third time after he is resurrected from the dead. And um, right then, after they're finished, it says, and when they had dined, when they were done eating, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Simon, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the miraculous? Do you love me more than this good food? I can't imagine, you know, we got some good cooks in our church, but if the Lord fixes you some supper, bro, come on now. That's, he didn't forget no ingredient. It's going to be, it ain't going to be, not done in the middle. It's going to be right. And uh, some of y'all say, I can't even imagine eating fish on the fire like that. But, but I'm telling you, I, I think anything the Lord made would have been fantastic. But, but in, in the seriousness of all this, in, in all the middle, midst of all of it, maybe, you know, maybe it's because the Lord's checking with Peter. Because, you know, Peter, since you got the keys, things you hit a couple of snags. Immediately after... Uh, Peter tells the Lord, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, well, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then he starts telling him, but I've got to suffer and be uh, tried and, and be crucified. And Peter stood up in his new authority and said, be it far from you. And the Lord said, you got the keys, but you ain't got it right because you love the things of men more than you do of God. So I'm not taking your keys, but you still got some learning. You know, the Lord, uh, Peter uh, declares to the Lord, I will die with you on the night that they come to arrest him. I will die with you. Will you, Peter? Or the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And as they go to the garden, Peter so maybe wanting to prove himself that when they come to take Jesus, he takes a sword and cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant. And the Lord's like, put your sword up. I didn't come to cut people's ears off. This is not it. So he, he heals the guy, goes on. So, and then maybe, you know, he asks Peter actually this question three times. Maybe he asked him three times because he denied him three times. Uh, the Lord knows all the answers, but, but maybe he's just checking Peter. I need to check you and see where your love is. Have you changed your mind now about following me? Is it all about the miraculous, Peter? Is it all about the things that you've seen me do? Is it about water walking and, and the dead being raised back to life? Is it about turning water into wine? Or is it about me? Do you love me? Will you follow me? Do you love me more than everything you know and that you have acquired? Do you love me. I wonder today if we begin to take inventory of the things, the great things that we've seen of God and you know, we love our church, we love our, our, our music, we love all the things we do, we, we love our life with God, and, but, but do we love Him more than what He's given? Because the Lord knows that uh, we can work for a little while under our own steam, but that's all it'll be is our own steam. The Lord said, if you love me, you'll serve me by keeping my commandments. 
That was the test. So if you love me, keep my commandments. And then that's why he told Peter, feed my lambs. I've got something for you to obey. The greatest form of love that we can show to the Lord is to stay obedient to him. Doesn't matter what comes our way, doesn't matter what status we reach, it doesn't matter how long that we have found ourselves sitting in the church, it doesn't matter what card we hold, where we've preached, what we've done, how many we've baptized, do we love him more than these? It starts with him. We love him because he first loved us. And I can tell you that he loved you and me when we weren't worthy to be loved. He loved you and me when we were lost and undone and in sin and had plans for us to change us, to change our life, and I'm so glad he did. And I have witnessed so many wonderful things since I came to the Lord, but I don't want to ever get comfortable, so comfortable in my calling that I simply fall in love with my position and that I forget that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have any of this. And if the Lord asked me the question, Pastor, do you love me more than these? And I can say, yes, Lord, I love you more than anything. I would hope that he would never take from me the position of pastor in this church because I love pastor in this church. But if it was up to pastoring and staying with him, I would have to say so long because I'm staying with Jesus, friend. I got no plans to go nowhere. And I, like I said, I hope he would never remove that from me. But if he were to ever ask me, well, it's either stay with me or stay where I put you. I'm be like, Lord, I don't understand that, but I'm going with you. Yes. I love the calling. I love the position. I love to preach the word of God. I love God's people. I love uh, serving for the kingdom. But I love Jesus more than these. We cannot get uh, out of sync with the Lord. We've got to stay where he wants us to stay. He, he told Peter, they, they had another conversation, Matthew chapter 19, verses 27 through 29. Peter declared to the Lord, you know, we've forsaken everything and followed you, so what are we going to have? What, what, what do we have? Jesus said, verily I say unto you that you that have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he said, And everyone that has forsaken houses, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands. And here's the key part of the statement. For my name's sake. Why did you leave those things? Leave that scripture up for me. Why did you leave those things? Was it for the Lord or was it for you? Did you do it for uh, 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 reputation? Did you do these things and, and leave these things, forsake these things so you would stand out and people would applaud you? Or did you simply do it for my name's sake? Did you do it uh, thinking that, well, it'll be all blessings and miracles and signs and great days? Or did you follow me knowing, uh, hey, I don't know where we're going I may not know what tomorrow holds. We may be tried. We may be tested. But I still love you. Do you love him more than these? Do you love him more? And, and you know, sometimes it's not just the good things. Let me, let me just finish this before I, before I move on. 
Well, my name say, he said, you're going to receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Let me tell you, the Lord's got the best deal going. But do we love him more than these? And I, I've been referencing all the good stuff, but, but do you love him more than the bad times? Do you love him more than the things you can't understand? Because I see a lot of people just quit God over things they can't explain, over things they don't understand. Do we love him more than heartache? Do we love him more than hurt? Do we love him more than trials and tests and sicknesses? You know, you, you know if you wanted to stay in that vein, in that route, you could have people that have been, you know, if, if Sister Becky was the kind of person that was like, Lord, I've served you all my life, and you let me stay in this hospital 52 days, you let my hair have to be uh, got in such shape they had to cut my hair off. You let me just suffer. And, and you know what? I guess this is the end of the road for us. But oh no. Oh, she, anytime I ever get a text from her, I can't wait to get back to church. I can't wait to get back. I know God's got a reason for this. I don't understand it, but I know God's got a purpose. And, 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 and since if it ain't for nothing more than the fact that you're sitting in this room today, and we understand that God knows what he's doing. Brother Shannon talked about the process, and I don't know, understand it. I couldn't, I was her pastor. I couldn't tell her why she was going through it, but God knew. And you know what? I had confidence because I know Sister Becky that she loved Jesus more than this sickness. She loved him more than this hospital stay. She loved him more than her trouble and her trial. And that's why she's sitting in here today able to worship the Lord in the house of God Friend, let me tell you, we've got to take an inventory of our stuff today and then and put it in the right category. Do you love Jesus more than these? Because when we love things, man, it can get confusing. And we can justify things and, and we can, uh, you know, feel like we're in the right because we love things so much and Boy, Abraham, the father of us all, the scripture says, and the father of faith, you know, it, it starts that those people start with him, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and Abraham is called by God. Get out of this land. I'm going to make a great people of you. I got plans for you, but you got to leave this land. You got to separate yourself and come out. And, and so Abraham does that. And he tells him, you're going to be a great nation. It's going to be like the sand of the sea, the stars in the sky. There's going to be great people. All people in the, in the world are going to be blessed by your name. And, and just, he's just telling Abraham all these promises, all these things. And yet Abraham doesn't have a child. And he lets Abraham grow old and his wife grow old. And he gives Abraham and Sarah a child where Abraham is like 100 years old. Sarah's around 90 years old. And Isaac is born to Abraham, just like God said. And Abraham loves his child. And, but Abraham gives us such an incredible example. And this is, the Lord just laid this on me last Monday night in prayer, this, uh, this story again, as he began to develop this in me. And as we're moving towards seeing what God's doing, we, we need to, we need to be able to answer that question truthfully. Do we love him more than these? And Genesis 22, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. 
And he said, take now thy son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Get to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I shall tell you of. Take your son that you love and offer him up for a sacrifice. Friends, sometimes in this walk, you're going to have to learn to trust God when you don't know why. He did not say, God, that is completely ridiculous. It says, it doesn't say that he even answers God back at all, but it does say in the next verse, and early the next morning, they got loaded up and took off. He didn't wait around. He didn't waste time. He got up early and went to do what God commanded him to do. Did he understand why? God didn't tell him why. He said, just go take your son, your only son. Wait a minute. You gave me this child, God. Yeah, and do you love me more than you love it? You said that the promise was in Isaac, right? But do you love me more than you love the promise? Do you love me more than what I have given you? Do you love me more? I need to know that is it just about the things you get or is it about me? Because if it's just about the things that you get, you're going to stay in a place where I can't grow you. But if it's about me, friend, I'll make you a great nation. If you'll obey me, friend, I'll do things that you'll never even imagine, things that you can't fathom. I'll bless you. Your cup will run over. You'll be blessed going in. You'll be blessed going out. You know, the Lord told his people, he said, man, when you obey me and obey my word, he said, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. You'll be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. But friend, we've got to keep the first commandment. We've got to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, with everything that's in us. We've got to love him first. I thank God for how good he is. And I thank God for everything that he loads us with daily. But I love him more than the things. And that's why you see people like in the book of Hebrews that they continued just serving God even though they wandered and they were in caves and they were persecuted because it wasn't about their material possessions. It wasn't about uh, how good that day was. It was simply about, I love the Lord. They had seen the promises far off and embraced them and said, we love the Lord more than these. Well, Abraham does take his son up to the mountain. And he, in, in effect, he, he prophesied to Isaac as they were going up the hill. He said, Dad, I see the wood and I see the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And he said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. He didn't know what was better. He knew, I've got to go take my son's life, but I'm going to just go ahead and prophesy how good God is. I'm going to say, God will provide a lamb. Some people say, well, he was, he was really talking about Isaac, but he just didn't want to say it. No, because Abraham was providing that, that little lamb, but he said, God will provide a lamb. But he takes him up and he, he, he lays the wood in order and he, he gets it ready and he, puts, he binds his son, lays him on the altar, pulls back the knife, and then in verse 12, the angel of the Lord says, lay not your hand upon the lad and neither do anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. He realized something. 
And friend, let me tell you, we may not be tested to that extreme, but I'll tell you that you'll be tested in this life with things. Do you love them more than you love him? The Bible says for me not to love the world and not to love the things that are in the world because those things that are in the world, they're just going to pass away and they're not even of the Father. That's just not from God. But if God tests me, would he be able to say, hey, now I know that you fear me. Now I know when we've got things in our life that we know, oh, I just feel like I can't let it go. Well, if you feel like there's something you can't let go for God, then that's a surefire look that you need to let it go for God. You've got to trust God when you don't know why. And let me tell you, anything you give up for God, he's going to provide a substitute. He said, I'm not going to let you. I remember when I came into the church, oh, I, man, just at first, those first few months, I mean, just love God, everything's going. But man, I was losing uh, I say losing. They were just exiting in my life. They we're still friends today, but but people that I used to run with didn't want to run with me no more. People that uh, used to call me to come play ball or or come over and play poker and sit and drink and play cards and stuff, they weren't calling no more. I didn't get invited to the golf course with them anymore. I didn't get invited to go hang, which I didn't care because I was going to be answered. No, 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 no. Can't do that. I, I won't do that anymore. But you know, but it did. I loved them guys, and I was like, man. And I was really worried about it, you know, thinking, man, all my friends that I spent a lifetime acquiring, and wow, man, this is amazing. I don't know what's going on, but God knows. And that night in a prayer meeting, a guy came up to me, and it was a youth service, actually, and went praying in the altar. And, and he came up to me, and he said, he said, uh, Brother Ed, he said, I'm going to give you a scripture. He said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? And then he went on to just tell me exactly what I've been thinking. He said, you feel like you're not going to have any friends, but God's going to give you friends in abundance. He's going to put relationships in your life, and he's going to take care of you, and don't you worry about it. And friend, I'm telling you, uh, he did. He did. He, he put people in my life, and I, I, did, I never missed a beat. I, I was so thankful for the brothers and sisters and, and the people that God just began to surround me with. And uh, it didn't mean I didn't love them guys, and I still love them, and I see them some even now, and we love each other. And they, they, they actually tell me, man, we're proud of you, bro. We're proud of you. They even call me brother. They don't even go to church nowhere. Hey, brother, we just, we're just proud of you, brother, and you're doing a good job. And it, you're doing a good job, brother. You know, I'm like, thank you, thank you. You know, I mean, that's just how they are. But I want you to know that when you will give up something for the Lord, God, God's going to fill that void with something so much better. But if you love those things more than you love him, the Bible kind of speaks, refers to that, you know, in a couple of places in action is that if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they had opportunity to return. If they, if they loved that past, if they loved that other life, uh, or maybe we could say, as Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. The commandment was to flee and don't look back. And, but there was something there tugging at her heart. You know, they left children in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and, but she, she had to glance back. When, she, when they heard the destruction, she had to glance back. And when she did, it says she was turned instantly into a pillar of salt. She loved them children. I don't understand 
But they were evidently were adult children. They lived off. They had wives and stuff, so they were adults, and they could make their own decisions. They, and, but she still loved them. But she loved them more than the commandment. And Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Now the Lord says this to Abraham in, in Genesis 22 and 15. The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, and because you have done this thing, not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I'll bless thee. Multiply and I'll multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. To obey is better than sacrifice. So Abraham returned unto his young men. They rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. But he, he said, all these things are happening, Abraham, to you are going to happen because you, would, because you did not withhold your son. Listen, holding on can hold you back. Now, we know the Bible tells us, hold fast to that you have. That's the things of God. But when we continue to just refuse to let go of things, we know God's trying to pull out of our life, but I just won't let it go. It'll hold you back. You can't move forward holding on to the chains of the past. You can't hold on, and, and not just those things, but, but, but friend, we've got to be willing to let go of anything that God says to let go of. Do you love what was given more than the giver. There was a rich young ruler who came to the Lord. What can I do to have eternal life? The Lord told him. He said, you've got to uh, uh, keep the commandments. Well, I've done those since, my, since I was a child. I've been doing this all my life. I'm a good church boy. He said, well, there's one thing you lack. Sell everything you got. Give it to the poor. Follow me. Oh, what? And he said he went away sad because he had great possessions. He loved his things more than he loved eternal life. He said, this is eternal life. He said, but I'd rather have my stuff here. It identifies me. It's who I am. But the Lord said, you can't hold on to that and follow me. You've got to be able to take up your cross daily and you can't take up your cross when you're bogged down with so many other things. So, so as we take inventory of all that God has given us, is there anything that we love more or that we put in front of him? Can we, you know, because I, I, we can rationalize and talk ourselves into anything. But I can assure you this, that God will not bless you with anything that moves you farther from him. You can take that to the bank. You can tweet that. You can post it. You can put it on your refrigerator. I'm telling you that God well, I've heard people say, you know, they, they get a job, can't be at church. Never. Not like, hey, I got called in or this is an emergency or I got some overtime and I've got to go in and work. I'm talking about miss every single, i got to take this job, but I'm going to have to work every Sunday. Well, that job ain't from the Lord. If you think God wants you out of his house, you think, God, hey, God's not going to give you something and God will not bless, bless you with anything that moves you farther from him. No job, no hobby, no sport, no ministry. He's not going to give you a ministry that moves you farther. No relationship, no boy or girl 
Oh, the Lord sent me this one. If they're keeping you out of church or causing you to do things that's not godly, ain't from the Lord. Believe it or not, oh, pastor, I thought you would give up that kind of preaching. Sorry, Hatton. I'm going to tell you, that boy or girl that will cause you to, to give up your consecration or your dedication to God ain't from the Lord. Oh, but they, they so, I'm, I'm going to win them in. I'm going to win them. No, let me tell you what you're doing. You're compromising. The, you love that, uh, that individual more than you love the Lord. If you can't let he or she go, then you love them more than the Lord and you're headed for trouble. I'm, I'm not expecting amens on that. Listen, the giver is more important than the gift. Abraham knew it. And if you can't sacrifice it, no matter how much you love it, you'll never be what God intended you to be. Yep. The, you know what the, the wonderful thing about this is? Is that God will never just ask you to do, with something, do without something that you need. If God asks you to lay something down, he knows you don't need it. If God says get rid of that, he knows it's a problem. Oh, I don't understand why. You think Abraham understood why? But he said, I know this, that the giver is more important than the gift. And, and the Bible says in one other place God, that Abraham, he knew that God could even raise Isaac up from the dead if he had to go through with it. He knew that God would do what he had to do. But guess what God did? He did provide a lamb. What, I, what Abraham spoke God did, because when he pulled that knife back and the angel stopped him, he turned around and looked and there was a ram caught in the bushes and they sacrificed that ram. So God knew how to provide and he knows how to deliver us and be with us. But he's going to test you and you're going to be tested in your walk with God. You can't just carry everything you want to carry. You can't just do everything you want to do. That's just not Bible. It's just not Bible. Now, whosoever will, let him come. But God has got a plan for his people to live. Enter in at the straight gate. That's what he said. He said, it's straight and narrow, and few that be that find it, but oh, but many people go in where it's wide. They get on that wide path, and it's destruction, and many find their way into that. Peter wrote to us, he said, be ye holy because the Lord is holy who has called you. When the Lord took his people out of Egypt, he told them the same thing. Be holy for I am holy. I am the Lord that brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out so I could bring you into a new life. So I'll tell you this today, and I'm not much longer here, but if it takes the place of prayer, of studying, of church, sacrifice it. If it causes a compromise of your convictions and your consecration, sacrifice it. If it identifies more with the world than with the kingdom, sacrifice it. Abraham spoke it. God will provide, and he did. What you need to know is that, hey, if I got to give this up, God's going to provide me something better, and then believe it. The Bible says we must believe that he is, and that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder, and God knew that Abraham feared him and would serve him, and that he could make a great nation of him. And pour those blessings on him because he would not even withhold his only son that he loved. Our love for Jesus must supersede our love for anything else in the world. Our obedience to him is more important than anything else in the world. If we love him, we will keep his commandments. Praise God. When Saul 
or the, the Apostle Paul, but when he was being referred to as Saul in the Scripture, uh, Ananias was sent to tell him, hey, uh, Brother Saul, you're a chosen vessel of the Lord, and God's going to use you to reach people and do things. And, he, and Paul even wrote, God's given me so many revelations and done all these things in my life, and, and I know who I am, and I know that... Uh, you know, how I was raised, and he began to talk about that in Philippians, how he was raised and how if he wanted to boast in the flesh, he said, I can boast. I can, I can give you a resume if that's what you want. But he said this in Philippians 3, verses 7 and 8. He said, but what things were gain to me, the things that helped me in this life, they were, they were gained to me. They, it was my reputation. It was my honor. It was who people uh, knew me as. So those things, I counted loss for Christ. I let go of them for Jesus. He said, and yea, doubtless, and I count all things. In other words, there ain't nothing that I will put above Jesus. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them but dung as waste, as refuse. He said, that's what they, they you know, compared to Christ, they're just waste, they're just filth. He said, now I did that so I could win Christ, so I can win Christ. He warned Timothy. He said, Timothy, there'll be people coming in, and they, 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 they suppose that great gain is godliness. There's a lot of people that think the more I have, that just shows the more God blessed me. But there's a lot of people who gain every day and they don't love God. And you can't measure your physical, financial blessings and, and say, this is how much God loves me. People make money all the time that don't love the Lord. Let me tell you, uh, so it's not about, but it's about godliness with contentment. Godly living and content with a life for Jesus is great gain. That's great gain. You can stand with me uh, today. I know you, hey, thank the Lord, he's finishing. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. This Coming up this week will be my 30-year anniversary living for God. Yeah. Yeah, I thank God for it. I thank God for it because I, know, I still remember who I was 30 years ago. I remember. And I'm telling you, if you want to, you, you younger ones, if you want to see 30 years living for God, this is something you better get right off the bat. I've got to love Jesus more than anything else. I've got to love him more than anything else. I can't let nothing, I can't let the fear of something, I can't let the threat of something, I can't let anything, I can't love anything more. I can't love ministry more than I love Jesus. You can't just pursue a ministry and not pursue the Lord. Oh, there's a lot of people preach don't know a thing about the Lord. It happens. Motivational speakers. We don't need any more motivational speakers. But the scripture I referenced earlier, Jesus told his disciples, Matthew 16 and 26, For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. Whew. 
there's a lot of people that will sacrifice what temporary pleasure for a season. Oh, I just I got called into it. I got caught up in it. And, but you made a decision. God's faithful to forgive us. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There's mercy and grace with God. But man, when we really step back and look, and you try to set anything side by side with the Lord, nothing compares to Him. And when I think about what He has prepared for me, when I think about what He's done for me, I realize there ain't nothing I love more than you. Because heaven and earth's going to pass away. Yeah. All that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, it's going to all pass away. He said, don't lay treasure up on this earth where uh, moths can get to it, rust can destroy it, thieves break in and steal it. He said, that's temporary stuff. He said, but I have gone away to prepare a place that where I am, you may be also. But friend, I'm not going to hear him say, well done. And I'm going to lose my place if I put something in front of him. There can be nothing in front of Jesus. Mm -mm. Not my job, not my education, not my hobby, mm -mm. Not, not my exercise, not my vacation. There's a lot of things that people set the Lord aside so that's why feel like I could enjoy it better if the Lord wasn't watching. Guess what he's watching? What will you give in exchange for your soul? Is there anything that you love more than him? When Paul finished his life, he said, I have finished my course. I fought a good fight and I kept the faith. So as we get ready to open this altar up, I'm, I'm going to ask you and invite you to come and to pray. And preachers used to do this all the time. Saints, it's time to examine ourselves. The scripture says to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Check yourself, in other words. Don't, don't take your walk with God so just nonchalant that you never check on it, that you think, I'm good. I ain't prayed in four or five days, but I'm good. I ain't read my Bible in two months, but I'm good. I ain't been to church. You know, I, I hadn't preached or I hadn't uh, sang or I hadn't worshipped. I hadn't, uh, all the things that we normally do, I hadn't done those things. Well, I'm good. But I can tell you this, the Lord loves you. Just like he loved that young man. The rich young ruler. The scripture even says the Lord looked at him and loved him. But he said, I'm still going to call you where you lack. Do we love anything more than Jesus? What are we holding on to? What are we afraid to sacrifice? Don't you know that God's able to supply every need? If we really believe that God has plans for us, we wouldn't hold anything back. Because I wouldn't want anything that I'm holding on to to hold me back from what God's got for me for my life. Amen.